0: Folger, welcome to this episode of The Language Question, Keshnet Hangan, a conversation about the Irish language and its history for anyone curious about their relationship with it and its role in our identity. Our guest in this episode is Cuyvean de Barra. Cuyvín is a Corkman and Professor of History at Gonzaga University in Washington State. He is the author of Guelga, a Radical Revolution. This call ended up being a deep dive into Cuyvean's extraordinary story which has led to him raising his children through Irish on the west coast of America and then into a discussion of what are some revolutionary ideas for the future of the language as he outlines in his book. As always, I would really appreciate your feedback and would be eternally grateful if you would follow, rate, and review the show. Please also be sure to sign up at thelanguagequestion.com forward slash resources to get your complimentary valuable learning resources and to ensure that you stay up to date with upcoming episodes, guests, and to receive exclusive content. Anyhow, here goes this episode, I hope you enjoy it. Goem bwina tu, Sultans. Cwibin de Barra is Associate Professor of History at Gonzaga University in Washington State. Originally from Blarney County, Cork, he is a passionate supporter of the Irish language and advocate for its revival. He is the author of The Coming of the Celts, AD 1860, Celtic Nationalism in Wales and Ireland, and Gwélge, A Radical Revolution nakara tafalta is fio more on onor doing to avellin er Aaron show Gourvina, well um it, it, it is it is a fantastic honor to have you here with us today and we really appreciate uh, your time um I have just been reading back over over a guelga in preparation for this call today and, and reminded of what an excellent work it is and but what I would love for you to do for our listeners today would be maybe Let's start where you do start at the beginning of Guelga, which is about your story in Irish, Misha uh, Agus on Gaeilge. Would you mind taking us from there? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I, like a lot of
1: people, um, I struggled with Irish in school. Um, I, I, I And I say in the book, I, I for a long time I felt I hated it. Um, although it wasn't so much that I hated the language, I just hated being bad at it. Um far my weakest subject in school, I remember just the the kind of misery of um, knocking my head against the ball because I couldn't make any kind of headway in the language. And um, I remember a couple of things um, that, you know, in particular, um, that that when I was in primary school, basically, um, I had a couple of phrases, a couple of words I'd learned off, like shmere a dove. Uh, I think was one. And, and um, so I was always trying to fit that into sentences because I knew what that meant. And... Uh, and 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 but but really, I I was very kind of um yeah very limited knowledge of, of Irish. Even the difference between ta and "v," um, I, I didn't fully comprehend it. I knew they were somehow related, uh, but didn't understand that one was the present tense and one was the past tense of the verb to be. And I used to mix that in with my writing. And uh, yeah, that that stayed with me all the way through primary school. I was very weak uh, at Irish. By far, my weakest subject. The only one I regularly really failed. Um. Went into secondary school for the first uh, two years. That continued. I was just brutal at Irish. It improved a little bit uh, in third year. I got a, a teacher um, who um, I basically tell I was weak, and, and and with the rest of the class, kind of figured that we needed to go back to the beginning. And um, and and so with him, I, I did improve, but I still got a D in pass Irish in the junior cert, um, which which really wasn't very strong. Uh, and I was placed in the weakest class um for for leaving cert uh but that is when i i i I got a new Irish teacher uh and for those who went to christian Brothers college uh a a woman whose uh, reputation precedes her miss anne barry murphy she's actually most known as a maths teacher um, in christians Um, and and she's also known as a a, let's just say a stern taskmaster Um, and at first i was i was like oh my god my worst subject and the worst teacher because i had had her for a little bit for maths before and it was not a Pleasant relationship for either of us um, and uh, but um, she basically placed it with a strong emphasis on rote learning and I know for a lot of people that's everything that's wrong with the language but I was actually good at rote learning um, and uh, it, it, it gave me the confidence um, slowly but surely I, I got better at the language. I began learning it um, for the first time it began making a bit of sense to me um, and uh, I got a, I was still the past Irish. But I got an A in Pass Irish for the Leaving Cert, and um, which was, was was a big turnaround from the Junior Cert. And for the first time, I felt um, maybe a little bit overconfidently because as I was to learn, I wasn't quite uh, fluid yet. But I, I certainly felt that I had a hang of the language for the first time, um, in a way that I hadn't had uh, before that.
0: Uh, you 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 touch on a couple of of a very certainly your story resonated with me um very deeply because I I, I was somebody. Uh, I think I must have gone to school a little bit ahead of you. I I did a thing called the group search followed by the inter search. So, um, but again, I I, I did pass leaving, pass Irish for the leaving, got a C. I didn't, I didn't rise to your, your heady, heady heights. Um, But, but certainly for me, Irish was a demotivating influence because I was a good student and I picked things up quickly as a, you know, and, but, but Irish just always made me feel, you know, just like that I wasn't good at, Learning this thing, and yeah. yeah, and I think that that was part of my rejection of, of the language from from quite a young age. Um, another thing that I just picked up from 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 from, from reading again about your your experience with Miss um, uh, Barry Murphy was the idea. I think, or certainly, I got the impression that as we were coming to secondary school, there was kind of an assumption that you know you've been doing Irish now since you were four. So therefore, you kind of must have picked up a certain kind of standard of it, which is assumed, I think, uh, at secondary level, or certainly was when, mm-hmm. when I was there. Yeah. And so we don't ever get kind of grounded in the basics of the language, let's say, like we might do maybe even in, in starting up, if you start French in Ireland, you start French or, or German or any of the European languages for the first time in uh, as you go into secondary school and you yeah. start learning the basics like for instance I, I i recall going back to learn irish uh, as an adult and i mean frankly i was never aware that there were male and female um you know uh, genders for for for, yeah. for, for, for nouns or, or any of those kind of basic concepts had never been explained to me so i mean i know and i know i want to come back to teaching because i know you do, you, you know because a lot of one of, the, one of the kind of lazy kind of criticisms of the state of irish is that it's the way it's taught and it's taught but badly taught but certainly the educational experience is 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 is, is was a um, a mixed one shall we say for us
1: yeah absolutely i mean it, it, it's and i was the same as you i never i again i, I don't want to say i was never i was never thought it i just don't know did i really even take it in but maybe there was a bit of an effort to teach i mean i do remember doing um Tables that of verbs in the past tense and the present tense and the future tense, in primary school and, and it just didn't make really sense to me uh, um, and and uh, yeah so 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 but it, it certainly is I mean it, it it's a, it's a very common experience that people um struggle with Irish um and I'm I'm not saying that there isn't bad Irish teaching and bad Irish teachers there certainly are um uh and and but but I think um and I don't want to to preface the conversation too much um, but I think there's a difference between saying well you can teach Irish better or teach it worse um, and it's possible to revive the language on 40 minutes a day, four times a week um, you know, no matter how good a teacher you have um, that's what's kind of un- unlikely to happen um, but that's not to say there can't be improvements in how Irish is thought, my understanding is, is that in the present time um, there is a bit more of that kind of uh. uh, uh assumption in secondary school that the students are, I mean, I remember actually walking through Cork a few years ago, now three or four years ago, and I picked up uh, an Irish textbook for secondary school, I assume first or second year, and it actually looked an awful lot like the French and German books that it was kind of starting from the beginning and how do you say this and how do you say that. So I think there has been a shift um, towards a, a more kind of, uh, I guess, an assumption of, of students not really having all that much Irish from, from primary school and uh, beginning again uh, in, in, in in secondary
0: school. Sure, but but let's just go back to your particular experience because I think it's 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 very instructive and 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 well, it's it's fascinating, really. But I mean, you, you got to the point of okay, so you had let's say a negative experience up to around third year, uh, which I think for listeners would be around possibly um, uh, maybe kind of 13, 14, that kind of age, and then. Uh, you, you had some for some positive experiences which changed um, your your attitude to the language, or certainly your experience of learning it. Um, but then you came to the Leaving Certificate, which is the kind of exit exam for secondary school here, and you uh, you, you you got an A at, at the ordinary level, which was 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 a considerable achievement given where you were coming from in terms of the base a couple of years before. But I mean, so for most people, that's the end. And you say fine, okay, I had that done, and you know whatever your feeling of accomplishment or otherwise about the achievement. I mean, you're you're finished studying Irish, but you what, what motivated you to, to, to continue?
1: Yeah, so I actually did. Continue. I remember looking into um, I did arts in UCC, and I for a time I was looking into oh, can I uh, continue art? We had to have honours Irish to do Irish uh, as a as a subject for for an arts degree, so I kind of um, ruled that out. But there was a, there was a class in intermediate or. a a voluntary class you could do in UCC. Um, it was once a week, a conversation class. And I signed up for that. And yeah, and actually, and, and this is the difference, of course, because I, I mostly learned, when I got a main Irish, I, I was much better at reading and writing than speaking. And so the conversation class was actually a struggle for me. So I did it for a year. I did, I mean, it was partly, they, they, they motivated you partly, because they took your money at the beginning, and they said, we'll give it back to you at the end or yeah, give you back 80% if you attend um, all the classes or maybe give you back all the money if you attend 80% of the classes, makes a bit more sense. Um, and so I, I guess I was tied to that class because I had kind of money invested in it. Um, but after that, then I said, well, uh, I was busy, I was playing rugby, I was working, I was doing other things. So I kind of put it down. Um, I remember I, I, and I remember, and again I always kind of thought, and in some ways the memory kind of faded then, and I was, oh, well, yeah, I have a reasonable standard of spoken Irish. Um, in third year, I was jo- I was looking to join them some new clubs, and I joined and um, I forgotten the name of it now, but the kind of uh the Irish language actors association inside in UCC. You know, I went to the first meeting of that, and I almost didn't understand a single word that was said. And and again, it was, it, so sometimes you kind of delude yourself that you have a better standard of of Irish or, or any language actually than you do. Um, and once I once I kind of re- I went to one. Uh, meeting of this society really I couldn't speak a word of really couldn't speak a word of it um, and and uh, that was that and then, so, but there was a couple of things it was around in third year I also met someone who knew someone who uh, his father had so the story went at least her father his father sorry had come over to Ireland from England he had got a job in UCC teaching math and he only he began raising his children entirely. To Irish and I was always kind of inspired by that story and I always thought I would come back to Irish and, and hadn't really kind of done so. Then I came to the States in uh, 2006. I was 22 years old. I brought my Teachers of Irish book with me because I'd always planned to go back and kind of you know re-establish a connection with the language but I never really up until that point found a good time to do it. I went to my first rugby practice. So I played rugby all through uh, school and, and college and actually until I was in my mid-30s. I went to Roman practice at UCC and my very, or sorry, not UCC, University of Delaware. And my very first uh, training session, a fella came out and he was wearing a t shirt and it said, um, And at the time, he's like, Oh, watching my teacher, can you read this? And, and I couldn't read it. I didn't know what it meant. And I was just so embarrassed by that. And, and afterwards, of course, it turns out it meant, if you can read this t shirt, we should sleep together. And um, so maybe it was a good thing I couldn't I couldn't read it at yeah. the time, but that was really a, a kind of kickstart. I mean, I I I'd come over I I I had that kind of incident with Irish. I had another incident, another thing I couldn't read uh, a flag that was in Irish, and it kind of really got me thinking that you know if you're ever going to learn this language, you really need to make an effort now. Um, and so I sat down with the Irish book. I really kind of uh, went through that a few times first of all. But essentially what I what I did was I found that you need to build some Irish into your Daily life, um, and that's when you're walking somewhere, you're thinking, you're you're literally kind of thinking, well, how would I say this in Irish if I are having a conversation now? Um, you're 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 watching some, some TV, you're 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 um, you're you're listening to, to language, you're you're reading conversations and stories, and it was it was from that kind of base I kind of built up my uh, um, uh, my standard of Irish. It was it was a little bit every day some days more days than, more than others but there was always at least 15 20 minutes every day that I, that I committed to Irish and from there I worked my way my way up to fluency and it, it probably I mean it's still probably developing. Um, I, I obviously I'm never going to be as fluent in in, in, in in Irish as I am in English my English will always be stronger. Um, but I, I do have a good standard of Irish now. Um, and uh, when I had children uh, my first child was born in 2015. Um, kind of inspired by that story I'd heard before about the guy who came over and uh, taught his children to speak or spoke nothing but Irish to them. Uh, I now speak only Irish uh, to my children, uh, my, my three children, um, uh, their ages seven, four, and, and 11 months. Uh, and I, I only speak Irish to them. So uh, it's, it's kind of the, yeah, I've gone 180 degrees, I guess, basically, uh, in, with my relationship uh, to the Irish language.
0: Phenomenal, and 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 that's something I'd love to just pick up on you. just mentioned in terms of your family because that is really extraordinary, and 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 just 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 such a such a wonderful thing to to hear. And but I would love to just maybe get a snapshot of what Irish looks like in your life now on a daily basis. Let's say outside of education or learning the language. I mean. Um, uh, you, you're living in, 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 in Washington State in, in the United yep. States. I mean, I believe your wife is uh, is, is American, American. yeah. She's an Irish, yeah. So, 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 so she doesn't speak Irish. I, I, I understand, is that correct? Or?
1: She, yeah, she, she doesn't really speak Irish. She understands a lot of Irish now because she hears it spoken all the time in our house. I mean, she's exposed to Irish every day, so and she can uh, she can say a few things actually in Irish, but mostly she has listening comprehension, pretty good listening comprehension. Uh, but, but but not um, any kind of spoken ability. And then there's my, my three children. And they're interesting, they're all like kind of um, different phases of their Irish. So what I've learned a little bit in raising my own children, um, and again, and this sometimes speaks back to the, the struggle teachers have at school. Uh, but so my, my eldest daughter is seven. Um, I only, I've only ever spoken Irish to her. I've only ever spoken Irish to all of them, but, but she's the oldest. She really didn't start to speak back in Irish uh, to me until she was about four, and um, it was everything I would have speak, say everything in Irish. She would understand everything in Irish, but she would respond almost exclusively in English. And for a long time, I thought, like, oh well, I guess that's it. She's just going to speak in English, and that's it. I and mean, I always insisted, no, no, you can say this in Irish. What's that? What's that? Um, but at the age of around four, four and a half, it really started to change, um, and she started speaking more and more Irish. Um, and nowadays, it, 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 it kind of, it flows a little bit uh, in terms of some days she speaks a bit more English, some days she speaks a bit more Irish, but I would say 80% of what she says what she says to me now, and actually I think when we last spoke for um, I was saying 70%, I would say it's as high as 80% now, she speaks to me in Irish, um, and, and, it, and, and the rest of the time she'll speak some, some English as well, um, my second daughter is three going on four, and she's only now starting to speak, um, she's only starting, just starting to kind of speak to me in Irish. For a long time again, she was English only. Last last night actually we even had a at least for my my mind was a breakthrough. Uh, so I was we were at my eldest daughter's soccer soccer training, soccer practice. Um, and I took the younger one over to the toilet as we were going over, and she was up on my shoulders, and we were walking by and there was a fella standing on a bench. Him just a couple young fellas hanging out, they were standing on a bench. And my daughter says to me, Oh, daddy, why why is he standing on the bench in English? She says that in English, and um, I said, Oh, well, Neil is a gum, and I said, No, I don't understand uh, that. And she like she whacked me on the head and she said, Ta is a good, um, <laughs> and she that it was, it was, but it was even, even like kind of, she was saying, Well, kneel is a gum, and saying, No, no, Ta is a good. She even understood the difference between a good and a gum. That was actually something of a breakthrough that's, that's happening so. It's, it's, it's always a work in progress with them, um, but I found that my eldest daughter, Elise, it's, it's, um, it's, uh, uh, or she, she's speaking uh, pretty good Irish. My, my, my second uh, oldest is, is only starting to come along, but I think I'm hoping she'll copy her, her elder sister and, and advance uh, through Irish. So that's my day like in Irish. When I get up, my daughter gets up at, at 7.20, I, I usually get her out of bed, I make her breakfast. That's all done, everything through Irish. Take her to school, that's done to, through Irish. Um I'm at home, my other daughter and my, my son, I only speak to them in Irish. Um, I go off to work, that's obviously mostly in English. I come back, I pick my daughter up from school. Uh, again, that conversation is all in Irish with how her day in school went and, and how, how that was. And and at home, just with interacting with them all the time, um, those conversations are are only in Irish. Well, certainly at my end, they're always in Irish, depending on what child I'm talking to and, and what their level is. There's more English than Irish sometimes, uh, but but absolutely it's Irish every day in, in this house. And that's why my wife has picked up a reasonable understanding as well, because she, I ask most from, from learning from the children.
0: Phenomenal. And tell me, I, I, I guess it's, it's just probably too early to, to be able for this to occur yet, but do you, can you would, would your elder, your oldest daughter ever use Irish when speaking to her younger sister? Um yeah, that's a little bit, but she she tends to and she tends to
1: default to English almost always. Um unless I there was a couple of times I remember she was saying uh, I heard her talking to her sister in Irish. or I was in there and she was talking to her sister in Irish, and I said something, Oh, how come you're you're speaking in Irish to to, to Searsha? And she says, Oh, because I know you that makes you happy or something like that. And again, you know, I hadn't asked her to do it or anything. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, it was, um, but she was trying to butter me up for something is actually what it was really about. <laughs> and uh, so she knew one way to do it was to talk in, in Irish to, to her sister. And um, I, I, I'm trying to work on that a little bit more, but I guess that, yeah, I have thought about that in terms of um, how can I kind of enhance that naturally without um, being a bit too overbearing. So I would love to see her speak more Irish to her younger sibling, um, but mostly she doesn't. Mostly she speaks in English.
0: Mm, mm, mm and i suppose now you're you're coming to ages they're getting older and they're going to school in english of course yeah um you are are you have you had any thoughts around kind of learning resources for them around irish or is that something you're kind of supporting at home
1: yeah it's it's, it's mostly i'm doing it at home i, I did duolingo with my eldest daughter for a while um until she kind of started at first she was excited about it then she kind of thought it was a chore and um i, I left it off for the time being the, the one thing i do want to think about is her Write or her reading and writing because she, she's not as not nearly as uh, capable in reading and writing as she is in speaking. She can say almost anything she wants uh, speaking in Irish, um. But I, it's 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 hard to find a time to build into the day where okay we're going to set aside even five or ten minutes. So that's something I do want to do. I do want to work at it, um. But like a lot of people, it it, 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 it it's it's just a time commitment that I'm. Well, actually, to, what, to be honest, what it is is that she's not old enough to kind of understand um, why it's important that she reads a bit. So everything just seems like it's homework from daddy. And so I guess the fact that she's she's talking Irish, I guess I'm I, I kind of taking that, okay, well, we'll continue to do that for sure. Um, whether I can get her to to, to, to read as, as much in Irish, I'm not sure. I guess I, I guess it's not a battle I'm willing to take up just yet. Um, but I have a of it because we have tried a little bit before. And, and I am worried that eventually she might get to stage where she almost, you know, she's she's fluent speaking Irish, but but not as much um, ability to read or write it, and um, and so yeah, so so I'm conscious of it, um, but not really a a fully fleshed out plan how to kind of um uh, achieve full literacy yet.
0: No, but well, look, I mean, what, what 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 I mean, what you're doing there is just extraordinary. And you mentioned the 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 um the question of it being a chore, maybe in doing something like Duolingo. How does that? Yeah feel at times i mean is there a question ever that, it, that 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 there is a resentment or any kind of issue about using irish or is that is that just completely naturally natural for them or they will always communicate with you in irish and that's a how does that is there any any aspect of that that strikes you
1: well yeah i get i mean there, there certainly is i mean i think my daughter i mean it, it, she speaks irish because i get her to speak irish i ask her to speak irish i mean it, it's kind of a constant reinforcement of look you need to say this in irish I wouldn't say resentment, not in the way that there is at home when it comes with all the baggage of Irish. If you're trying to get an eight or nine-year-old at home to speak Irish, that comes with a whole lot more kind of than just that, your interaction with the child, because there's a whole kind of world out there they can plug into of negativity about the Irish language, if that makes sense. So that, so, so it's, it's, it's not, it's not it's resentful of that. And my daughter, for the most part, she's not resentful for speaking Irish, because um, mostly it comes naturally to her. And and. For her, it's just whatever she says. And she, and she doesn't know word in, in, in Irish. She just happily plugs in the word in English and, and, and goes on. Um, but it does take effort on, on, on my part to kind of re-insist on it. Look, you need to say this in Irish. It needs to be said in Irish. If, if I didn't do that, I, I do think she would, a bit over time, evolve to mostly speaking English. And that's kind of the challenge of the language is that, on the one hand, people who want to revive it say, OK, we want to revive it, but we don't ever want there to be compulsion. I was you know, that—that's the, the issue. Is that there, there? There has to be some kind of compulsion to learn it. Um, and I know people don't like using the word like compulsion, and I'm kind of using that if I can in, in the non-pejorative sense, if that's possible. But um, it, it is—it's um, I mean, very difficult to create a second language in an environment whenever an REL speaks a first language without some level of compulsion.
0: Yeah, I mean, I and we're going to come back to this hopefully. Or something that I certainly have made a note of when I was thinking about this conversation. I mean, I think one of the biggest challenges Irish faces is, is you know, it's up against English. I mean, it's <laughs> it's just such a such a huge huge international language. But just if we could just pause there for a second, Cúibín, um, and 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 I mean, just reflect on what you have done. I think from having come from, you know. Um, a negative experience of the language at school, to then having, um, you know, made a huge commitment personally in terms of your efforts to to to, to learn the language um, independently outside of school, and then what you're doing now with your family, which is just such a, such a, such a wonderful thing to see. Can I ask you, what is your Irish why? What's your why in relation to the language? What why, Because it it must require a huge amount of motivation to have done. All of the hard work that you have done now, and and I think this is the thing that comes across in your book that it does require work, and there's you know that has to be kind of faced up to, I think, mm-hmm. um, by by anyone doing it. But there's got to be a, a kind of a, a deep, you know, meaning for you behind that. Would you mind sharing with us why 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 does this matter to you so much?
1: Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, and on the one hand, it, it's it's you know why am I kind of so passionate about Irish? Uh, it almost reminds me of Edmund Hillary's uh, response to he said well why do you want to climb Everest because it's there because the Irish language is there and um, and it's an important part of, of our identity and and um if you know if, if, if and again it's something I did obviously when I was younger I didn't uh, necessarily kind of uh, live by but it it's it, it's and it's very difficult to articulate in some ways Um, but I guess I feel this kind of connection with the past that if I were to you know, kind of stop speaking Irish. Something. and I on a person level. Um, something, some connection with our, our past would be lost, and it wouldn't be you know, possible to revive it again, or at least not 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 in my kind of household anyway. Um, and and I guess yeah, it's, it's that maybe that seems just a bit simplistic. Maybe that just seems like oh, you know, he's. I I, sort of like, I take pride in our Irish identity in general. Um, it's something that's always kind of. Um, uh, I've always always grown up in a household. I was proud to be Irish in every kind of sense of the word, um, and especially when I live abroad now as well. I mean, I I I mean, I'm not I'm not in a home in Ireland on a regular basis. Um, once a year, maybe if I'm if I'm lucky, um, maybe in some ways it's it's also a personal way of of kind of keeping in touch with Ireland. Uh, by speaking the language and, 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 and so yeah, so you ask a great question and I don't know if I'm necessarily answering it fully or if I can, if I can even, uh, you know, separate the conscious parts from the subconscious parts that are kind of driving me to, 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 to learn the language, um, but I, I suppose that the short answer again is to go back to what I said at the beginning, because it's there um, and uh, I, I don't really know any other better way to kind of articulate it.
0: Oh, I, I I think you've encapsulated so many things there, and I feel very. I mean, I, I ask you the question why because I ask myself the same question mm-hmm. at times, and you know, and 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 you know, there's, yeah. th- th- there's a lot to that. But but can I just maybe pick on because I know at least I I understand from from just um, from my very very superficial study of of what you do, is that language and identity is a special area of interest for you in the in in, in, in a historical sense, and and particularly, um, I mean, but so could, could you maybe just. Maybe, if you like, delve a little bit into the relationship between language and identity and, and your, your your personal identity as an Irish person. How does that, how, how do you feel about that?
1: Um, well, I, I mean, so there's language and identity in, in the broader sense of word. And I think I talk about this in our book that um, the Irish people are one of the few people actually who have a kind of nation state, have uh, 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 achieved... Um, independence and based on an identity um, in some ways that they've lost. And, and so what I mean by that is that um, if you look at most of the countries of the world, um, they either speak the indigenous language, as it were, um, or, um, they're, or, 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 or they or never had an indigenous language, or, or, or well, a better way of saying it is that the indigenous languages have, have fallen so far away and been utterly replaced by another culture. In particular, I'm talking about the settler colonial societies of the United States or Australia, uh, that there is no, at least there's not, uh, uh, people it's possible in the United States and in Australia, mostly the kind of white people, of course, to imagine that they don't really have a connection with the Native American past. And, and I guess in some ways they don't, obviously. Um, but Ireland is one of the few countries in the world where we imagine we're a, 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 a settled people who kind of lived on this island for, for all time. Certainly some people have, you know, come in and, uh, um, uh, there's, there's, there is a mix of people, of course. It's not all uh, uh, a kind of mono, uh, um, or I guess what am I saying? There's, there's not really a kind of single kind of cultural identity that's always held in Ireland. But it's possible to imagine a continuous Irish past in a way that's not for Australia or America. But we're one of the few people that has that kind of um, uh, that, that, that same sense of identity, and that's what kind of identity is is that national identity nationalism the sense that you're part of a people passing down through time um and even if you have you know you you kind of play your part for a bit and then and you die but the nation goes on the nation like as irish people we like to imagine broadly speaking we're the same nation that existed during saint patrick's time or existed during brian Boru's time or existed during the time of ale and and the the flight of the earls um we're not necessarily, but that's what we like to imagine. But we're in a few actually lost the language that was used in the time of Saint Patrick or Brian Boru or Ao Um and that's where there's kind of a cultural um, separation or kind of a, 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 a there's a, there's a sense of, of 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 a sharp break with the past, um, that that most other countries don't actually have to deal with, for better or worse, um, and and and, that, and that's where I feel that the Irish language kind of fits in in that sense that it gives us this sense of belonging to this kind of very old culture uh, that's lived on the Western fringes of Europe for, for millennia. Um, um, and, and that's why the kind of the, the language is kind of worth fighting for, at least in my opinion, is, is worth fighting for as well. So that's, when I say um, your relationship with the national identity, that, that's kind of the, 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 the connection, not just the Irish people of today, of course, but it's also this kind of more continuous story of the irish nation um uh, uh, as it kind of progresses through time um and yeah so i i guess that would um i guess be a, a summary i guess of of my own relationship with a wider kind of irish identity
0: yeah no i i i i, I could completely relate to that i mean because it seems to me that there is this 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 disconnect that we have experienced—that we cannot participate in our own culture mm-hmm. directly, other than through translation—for the most, I mean, I find when I go back to Irish poetry and 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 and, and early writing, I mean, I'm I'm I, I'm, it's like I'm a stranger to this culture.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that I mean that's something that you certainly, if you get, if you read even the works, even the work of like Peg Sayers or or. Um, Mira who were only writing like a century ago. I mean, not even a lot long ago, but they're I and mean, it's partly describing their world as well. I mean, they're living out on, on the edge of 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 um the, the Western Ireland. and um, they're kind of scrambling to live off of the sea. So it's it, it's partly kind of not just changing the language, of course, changing in the wider culture as well. Um, because they're you know they are fishermen and, and they're they're uh living by a kind of subsistence existence. Um but yeah, absolutely. This this kind of sense of 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 loss we feel when you read some people who are who, who write in Irish and 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 um, it, it is a sense of of, of there's something missing. There's there's something um a disconnect that's happened because of this transition in language from Irish to English. Um and it, it it's it's a um. It's very difficult to kind of to, to, to sum up exactly what, what what it means, but I, I certainly have experienced the same thing as you have in in having this um, profound sense of loss at times uh, in in reading older Irish literature um, and, and and kind of sensing yeah that that's a world which no longer exists. Of course, it, it's not just as I say; it, it, it's also the, the wider world in which it's taking place. Not just the language itself has kind of gone, but I guess it's we we fixate most with the language because it's the most obvious sign of change from from the past
0: well completely but i mean if we think about it in 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 the context of the english language for instance i mean i mean i i know a lot of people would uh, maybe struggle with reading certain passages of shakespeare or elizabethan english but but by the same token i think almost anybody with a maybe secondary education is going to be able to read Shakespeare's sonnets and understand broadly speaking what it what they mean and 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 they there's so many aspects of that 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 culture then that is you know that literature that has come into the culture and it's an integral part of the way we think about ourselves and our on our world and how we describe um uh, everything that happens around us and and, and we just You know, in the absence of an understanding of the Irish language, we don't have that connection here. I mean, it's 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 and and it would be absurd to think that that wouldn't let's say that an English person wouldn't be able to understand Shakespeare, for instance.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's again, Shakespeare, of course, is I mean, that's our I mean, I I mean, I see Shakespeare as an English writer and and, and not an Irish writer. I get what you're meaning about the, the the wider kind of cultural, um uh, uh significance of that to someone with a, with a reasonable level of English can mostly uh, uh, get through um uh, a Shakespearean text. But I I I I mean, I said I always have this duality of on the one end I can appreciate it because it's Shakespeare because of course it's it's a it's a work uh, of English and a work of great literature. Um, but it's not my literature. Ultimately, I mean you know I, of course I'm an English language first speaker. Um, but I do feel. Um, that that's something that is in some ways is foreign and imposed on us, um, and um, it's it's um, uh, uh, yeah, it, 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 I I I guess um, we're, we're we're kind of at the at the stage where we, um, or at least I can say, look, that's 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 something that um, if I can understand it or make meaning of it, that's obviously great. Um, but it, it, the questions like that, I guess, don't interest me as much as as the ones you do asking about the Irish language and why we feel a sense of um profound kind of kind of uh, uh, loss. I mean, you also say Shakespeare, so but Shakespeare is actually also considered modern English anyway. I mean, it's old fashioned, but actually modern English.
0: Well, I, I, and again, the, the only comparison I'm drawing is that I'm saying, like, let's say, an English person living in England who's, who 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 speaks English you know, for them, they have this connection with Shakespearean English, the Shakespearean oh, yeah, yeah. culture, and all of that. Whereas an Irish person living in Ireland, for the most part, unless they have become fluent in Irish and are able, they, they just do not have that direct connection. They're going to have to depend on translation to be able to to, to understand what is part of their, you know, cultural continuity identity. of their culture, yeah. their identity and heritage. Um, and, but uh, as I suppose... I want to kind of come back to that because there's a very interesting aspect of that that you um, uh, talk about in the book. But one of the things, I mean, we can talk about the history of the language and how it came mm-hmm. to be supplanted and, and 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 all of that and 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 the state of it now. Um, but one thing that I wanted to maybe that when I was going back again over over your book in preparation for this call, there was one thing that you. Um, you specifically mentioned a chapter in the book about the hatred of of, of Irish, and, and and I think that's very very interesting because it, that is certainly there for, for 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 a lot of Irish people. And and what's would you mind just first of all explaining your take on that, and 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 maybe we could just discuss um, uh, where where we go from there.
1: Yeah, well, actually, and in, in, in the book I talked about um, there was a fella, um, and I've forgotten his name now. Um, uh, um, well, it was his. Uh, yeah, he was it, was. it was this poster, this online poster, who was kind of contributing to all these forums about um, any time Irish, the Irish language was kind of mentioned. He always said, "Well, it's not our language. Uh, it, it's not our kind of culture or, or, or whatever it was." And it was almost kind of maniacal in, in his kind of obs- his assistance that you know this isn't you know the real Irish language or no, not the real Irish language. This isn't kind of really relevant to us in the twenty first century. Essentially, is what he was saying. And it was only when I, I, I kind of thought about it, I realised like, well, there's there's obviously a kind of mania behind this guy posting that it's not just um, enough to say like, well, look, I, I'm not interested in Irish. Who cares? And um, there was this obsession with trying to convince other people uh, of 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 the the kind of his arguments were 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 kind of um, were were right, and eventually got me realise, well, yeah, there's in the same way that some of us certainly love Irish, and, and myself and and Flora, I think, are, are two good examples. Of, of that there's a kind of flip side to it with people who are kind of motivated by a very irrational hatred of the Irish language as well. Um, and um, that is something I talk about in, 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 um, in, in my book on, on, on great in great depth because it, it, it's whenever someone writes about the Irish language in a newspaper, you'll always get people who come along and say like oh well but that's, uh I'm no less an Irish person for for not speaking Irish. And I'm always wondering, but who said you were? No one ever said you were. And in some ways it kind of reveals the subconscious um, thinking of these people that actually they con- they're concerned that they are less Irish. Um, and this kind of projects itself out by saying, well, I'm not less Irish, for are not speaking Irish. No one ever said you were. And yet people constantly feel the need to kind of uh, to, to bring it up anyway. And um, so, yeah, that, that there's a couple of kind of different factors at play. One is our... Relationship with, I mean, often Ireland was obviously colonised by the English. And to make a very long story short, the in order to kind of dispossess the Gaels of the land, you had to convince yourself that the Gaels, the original people uh, who inhabited Ireland, were barbaric, backward people, and everything about them was backward and barbaric, including their language. And you see this. uh, I give some examples in the book, but you see this progressing down through the centuries of this constant insistence that irish or Gaelic or whatever it is, is is backwards is 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 um uh kind of uh barbaric um and that doesn't stop in 1922 you simply can't just end colonization and, and if, if it for for the 26 counties at least um and think those attitudes are not going to disappear um and you see them kind of replicated um in all ways even after independence is achieved i mean i think uh, after there was a, a meeting of the, I've forgotten the name of the organization exactly, but basically they said, well, there's too much time being spent on school in Irish in school and, and that's holding everything back. Um, and it, it, again, it comes across as a rational kind of analysis of the Irish language, but that report was only, uh, I think Irish only been introduced a couple of years earlier into schools and they were already saying, oh, well, there's clearly done and everything's held back. So it was never a rational conversation. It, it's presented as a rational conversation, it's never an actual rational analysis of the facts, um, it and instead, it's the use of rationality uh, to cover up a more basic kind of um, bigotry, I guess, towards the Irish language. Um, we also share uh, so there's, the, first thing, there's, the, there's the, the, the fact that we were colonised and a language considered barbaric, um, and as a kind of way of drawing the comparison, um, I highlight that. Uh, in, um, there, there, I think the statistics are from Nigeria. It's a like 70% of, of women have bought skin lightening products. Um, and I understand that Ireland, when you bring up matters of race, that's always going to complicate things. I'm not saying it's an exact parallel, but it also shows the power of colonization. That when people 100 years, or maybe 100 years, 70 years, 80, 50 years after colonization has ended in Africa, there are still people, large numbers of people, who think there's something wrong with the color of their skin. I mean, that uh, is, a, is a testament to just how powerful colonization is. Secondly, we have um, our membership of the English-speaking world. The English-speaking people are not all, not unique, but, but are, are certainly more sensitive than others to other people, to, to kind of basically having a hatred of any language. You see that because what, what's said about Irish in Ireland, is a dead language, pointless is teaching it, better off learning French or Spanish, whatever it is. Go to Canada. They're saying almost the exact same thing about French, even though French is, by any definition, a global language, uh, first language in, in, in twenty nine countries in the world, um, or, or one of the official languages at least in twenty nine countries in the world. People are saying the exact same thing there. It's saying, oh, we should learn Spanish. No, that, so they'll say we should learn French in Ireland instead of Irish. But they're saying we should learn Spanish instead of um, instead of French in in uh, uh, Canada. And then you go to the United States and again, people are complaining about Spanish there or oh, there's too much Spanish. Now there's too much Spanish being spoken and um, people need to conform. They need to, to uh, um, uh, adapt and, and and, 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 and subsume so themselves in the culture rather than speaking Spanish. So the point is that no matter where you go in the English speaking world, there's always a problem with the other language. Um, and it's, it, that's a, it basically is that it will, it will there's a, there's the desire to kind of, reject other languages is what's prominent in all English-speaking countries and then you come up with some reasons to kind of justify it and then the, the third strand which I already mentioned is that um in Ireland essentially we have an identity crisis by the fact that we're an island that mostly should speak Irish or at least our ancestors spoke Irish and um, and yet we don't and and that manifests itself in a couple of ways uh, but but people kind of realize those who oppose the language, would realise that the kind of identity crisis would be resolved if the language simply went away, and um, and so some, not a majority, a minority, frankly, but some people are kind of dedicated towards that kind of goal of all oh, well, the language uh, is totally irrelevant,
0: and and um, and and should just be forgotten and, and done away with. Yeah, I mean, I I have to confess, I would have been. I certainly suffer from that identity crisis, or, or and did suffer from it, and would have been one of the kinds of cynical, you know, uh, person throwing their eyes to heaven in relation to when you ring, let's say, I, I, I ring as a lawyer, I ring the land registry and and, and, and I get a message about you know having the, the the mess when when I was years ago when I would get that I would be literally you know exasperated at the idea that that, that, that I had to undergo this and the, the waste that this was involved in this and so yeah, on. um, but I mean I think. And, and looking back on it now uh, with the benefit of just some maybe reading on it and, and, and some reflection on it, I mean, like, I think probably and this is a, I, I believe this is a thing that, I mean, Irish was essentially, well, at least English was the prestige language mm-hmm. here, or it became the prestige language. And and that became a very deep, you know, cultural thing. I mean, Irish was a language of poverty, Irish language of, I mean, it was, it was per, portrayed as barbaric, come back to, you know, Spencer and and, 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 and all the that you know back to the, the, the 16th century and, and, and so on. Um, but even when we come later into the into the 19th century, when we look at you know the period of O'Connell and and, 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 and immigration, like the 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 language of the future, the language of 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 prosperity and power and access to any kind of power or, or, or economic prosperity was only going to be through English. I mean, mm-hmm. parents deliberately wanted their children um, um, uh, taught exclusively in English. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a language of literacy uh, as far as people were concerned. And I mean, it seems to me that that, you know, still runs very, very deep.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's such a complicated kind of um, Answer or kind of thing to kind of analyse in in some ways, but yeah, it, it absolutely has not gone away. Ireland um, mm-hmm. became independent, or at least twenty-six counties became independent in in uh, nineteen twenty-two. Um, but again, those attitudes don't do not just kind of disappear overnight. Um, that there's there's a, a, a long kind of cultural play uh, of, of these attitudes long after the colonisers themselves uh, have, have actually gone. And I understand that there are people out there who, who would maybe listen to this and say, oh, no, I'm totally free of any kind of colonial influence, and, and, but yet I uh, resent the Irish language. And, and um, I would just ask them, you know, if, if you ever have a kind of um, a, a rational analysis of why you actually hate the language. because For most people, um, it should just be, OK, well, you didn't like it in school and, and that's it. But it gets, it gets so much deeper than that. It is kind of a deep, almost subconscious kind of anger towards the language. Uh, as opposed to kind of well, no, this is just exactly because it's um uh, the I, I give an example actually this is an example of 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 Welsh but I think the same thing holds. Um, I was texting a Welsh friend before, uh, and actually when I met him in 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 um, Newark, Delaware, um, I met there. There was two twins actually, or both twins. They were Welsh. They were rugby players. I picked them up for their first ever rugby training and took them along. At the time, I was learning Welsh myself, and I said, "Oh." Uh, you know, do you guys speak Welsh? And they're like, oh, no, you know, dead language, stupid language, waste of time, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, fair enough. And, and I, I said nothing more of it. Um, and then one of the twins kind of quit straight away, but the other one kind of hung on for a while. Um, and about six or seven months later, I got talking to him. We were talking about this and that. And he kind of said to me, like, oh, I, I wish I was fluent in Welsh. And I was like, oh, because he had said six months before. He had totally, like, rejected it. um. And I remember asking, him. I kind of really brought home to me the kind of um, the duality in some ways that a lot of people have towards the Irish language, kind of hating it on the one hand and, and secretly or maybe not so secretly wanting to speak it on on the other. Um, and, uh, and, and that's, I guess, what, what ha- what's happening with the Irish language um, in Ireland today as well, that a lot of people profess a great kind of hatred for the language, but some of them at least um, also kind of want to speak it as well. Um, and uh yeah th- th- those are the attitudes that uh, they're, they're understandable and um, but i think the kind of um th- those who kind of don't fully understand what con- the, the, the totality of colonization is about um don't kind of uh, allow for the fact that these forces can still be at play um, long after the colonizer himself has, has gone home
0: yeah and it's, it's like there's some kind of cognitive dissonance or something going on you know that that that, that i mean because mm-hmm. I, I mean and the other thing you talk about and thing is and you look at numerous different surveys that have been done uh, you know and they're just kind of online polls but i think i mean okay while, while there might be a majority minority it's still a minority that are maybe negative towards the language it's maybe 20 yeah. percent eighty percent yeah. that that type of thing when you have a, a majority of eighty percent who are who are well disposed um and but even among the people who are well disposed and I, th- I think part of the problem is certainly my problem was before I started kind of re-engaging with the language you know was was precisely that it was I can't speak it. You know, and and I resent the fact that I can't speak it, and that and I do resent that I'm you know I'm almost like this plastic patty because I can't speak it, and that somebody who can speak it is is has got more kind of credentials as 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 an Irish person than I do, and maybe nobody's saying that, but but you know that's that's the, the, the I certainly had that feeling, I think, mm-hmm. um, and and I think that manifests itself then in a kind of a in a in a in a in a um you know a very negative reaction and pushback, but even for people who are well disposed to the language you know, you can just see you said it yourself. I mean you're extraordinary. You've done just an extraordinary level of of, of, of personal growth and, 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 and work and, and learning in terms of learning the language. And few people are, are willing to are have you know are able to or are willing to actually just make that kind of personal commitment and stick at it. Um and I think that's a that is a problem. There isn't a kind of a magic wand where you can suddenly just become a fluent speaker. And um and I think that creates a problem for for a lot of people. But <clears throat> maybe just to just T- pivot the conversation slightly I- into a broader um conversation around this is that i mean okay so history is history we to use that awful phrase are where we are um and you know the language was um um uh, you know i think okay we talk about the famine as being let's say the the, the you know a, a critical event in terms of mm-hmm. the end of the language as a community language but i think uh, I think other writers have mentioned this, and I think you, you quote that is that you know it's arguably it was already late, or whether or not it was too late, but it was certainly late in terms of the the, the survival of the language at the time of the famine. So, but certainly after it, it was. The, I think you called it a, a, um, a dramatic acceleration, a violent of, accelerator, yeah, of, of, of the demise of the language. So, so we come to. Let's say the end of the 19th century, Conrad and and the, the kind of revival movement, and and then obviously uh, the the whole, you know, independent, struggle for independence and, and 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 foundation of the state, and um, so we had that whole revival thing, and I think there's a general consensus that that, you know, was a bit of a heroic failure. Maybe kind of heroic. Yeah. We we do we do heroic failures well here in Ireland, I think, yeah. um, but. Um, where you know given that that is the case then what is the situation what, what is your case for um for revival or or, or 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 what what are your thoughts around that now
1: well again so so i begin the book by saying there's two questions um should the irish language be revived and 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 how can it be revived um and i i just think it should be i mean i i don't feel the need to justify myself more than that because. Um, a lot of people have their mind made up about whether it should or it shouldn't. Um, I, I don't think I could persuade anyone uh, of, of, of uh, um, and it's funny, I read some reviews on the book and there were some people saying like, oh, well, even though he says um, the uh, the language should be revived and he's not going to uh, go on that ro- road, he should, should say something. And I was almost like, well, you want me to bash my head against the wall, even though I've already said this point, even though it's not going to change anyone's mind. Um, but, but can the language be revived? I mean, that's a much more interesting question. Um, and I, I, the, the broad answer is I think it can. Um, I, I think, firstly, if you look at the, the, um, the, the case of Hebrew, um, and, that, and that's actually a good example, again, of how everything kind of gets spun in Ireland. Hebrew was revived uh, um, prior to the formation of the State of Israel and, and we only to maybe we can unpack it a little later on, but it was revived essentially from no one speaking it. No one at all spoke the language. It had no role in daily communication. And um, one man started speaking it to his children, uh, or his, his, children, his children, his child. Um, and he, uh, from, from that kind of s- simple uh, uh, standpoint in the 1880s, um, it's now the language of Israel today. Um, and so the, the fact, that, and, and, and just without totally going into uh lengthy details about how it was revived it was there was no need for community language in israel uh, or, in, or in palestine it was at the time that's often what's said is like oh well they had no common language and so they needed a common language so they invented one or not invented one but they re-established hebrew which makes zero sense because uh, even you would say well if only 10 percent of the population spoke polish well, then polish would make a better choice than, than, than hebrew and um, but it, anyway, it doesn't matter because actually the revival of Hebrew was um, it was it was it, it, the exact numbers are not clear. Um, but at least a majority of people already spoke Yiddish. um so I say that at least over 50 percent already spoke Yiddish. And yet they were to put that aside and uh, begin uh, learning Hebrew instead. Now, the Hebrew they kind of learned, is it exactly like the biblical Hebrew uh, of the days of, of your not really? Um, in some ways, it's kind of an invented language. Um, and in some ways, if Irish is to be revived, it would also be strongly influenced by the kind of Hiberno English we speak today. It wouldn't be, uh, you wouldn't have a pure return to the Irish of of uh, Peg Sayers or any, anything like that. But um, without, so so so, that's where I think, I mean, the, the question is, is that um, I, can Irish be revived? Yes, it can. Um, does Irish have to be, do uh, th- 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 we all have to agree, or, or, or what's a better question? Um, it, it certainly can be revived, um, and it's up to the, the Irish people themselves whether they want to revive it or not. All I would say is that um, I, I think the, the problem with the Irish language or reviving of it is that people kind of get too fixated on um, Irish as a kind of pastime language, um, that kind of it goes back to what people actually think the language learning is about. I think people who don't speak a second language think language learning is a bit like downloading an app. And that once you have that app downloaded, then you have the language forever. You can take it out and use it when you want and then put it back in the box and it, it doesn't go away. Um. Whereas, and you know this, Flores, as, as well as I do, um, when you actually learn a second language, you're conscious of how it always needs to be spoken. You need to keep speaking it or you will lose it very quickly. Um, so what I would kind of want to see more than anything is a, a, a anyone who's interested in the language, um, not even that they necessarily have to speak the language today as such, but that there's an appreciation for what a language revival would entail, um, what actually would be involved in it, um, how could it be revived? Uh, and if we at least got to that as a starting point, uh, then we could maybe kind of think, uh, a bit more kind of um clearly about what 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 reviving the language would mean for the irish people um and whether it's a worthwhile project or not
0: yeah i mean because one of the things that, that 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 has jumped out at me recently from 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 having these conversations particularly speaking to native speakers you know who 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 grew up in in the great this a number of them have said to me look I, I have no worries or no fear of the of the irish language but I'm deeply fearful and distressed, I think was was how some of them put it to me, about um, the Gweldt, the Gweldt mm-hmm. being, you know, something that is, that is under huge pressure is something that is going to um, survive as something, as a place like they, they were born into and, and, and grew up in. And what's your perspective on, because you're obviously, you know, you're, you're you're a learner and a user of the language in a internationally outside of Ireland completely, and I'm saying it's your native Irish person. But mm-hmm. I mean, what's what are your thoughts on on, on, on the Gaeltacht and, and and the language, and, and and do you do you have any kind of views or, or reflections on that?
1: I, I do I do I, I would perhaps them by saying that, and as I said, in my book is well, well I'm not I'm not a Gaeltacht man um, myself. I, I've only spent a limited time there, so it, it's I I offer this more as an outsider view uh, than as a as a as a as someone who's deeply invested in Duct affairs um, so i mean I, for the most part i think the language is already gone in the Duct, or at least as, as a community language where you're going to hear it regularly i haven't heard it really i mean you, you we've gone to the Duct a little a couple of snatches here or there for comparison i um, i talk about wales again just just comparing the the Welsh language is much stronger than Irish Um, I remember I was in Aberystwyth, which essentially in in, in Irish terms is is even a brack, it's not even a full Welsh speaking area Um, but I heard, the house I was staying at, I was staying there for six weeks um, and they were all just Welsh speakers in the house and they only spoke Welsh cleaning up the house, Um, I went up to the National Library Um, now the National Library in Aberystwyth is a bit of an exception because they're 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 looking to hire people who only speak, uh, Welsh. But every single person in there, the security guards, the cleaning ladies in the canteen, they all spoke Welsh while on the job, and nothing but Welsh. Um, you would simply not get that situation anywhere in Ireland, where you'd have an entire and again, Aberystwyth is in. It's not even in the the heart of Welsh-speaking Wales. I, and actually, the the last um. I, and I actually I didn't really spend any time in the real heart of, 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 of Northern Wales in particular, where it's strong. But I remember I took a bus from Aberystwyth up to um, Carnarvon, I guess, is the main town Yeah, And um, it was a strange bus, actually. That it was a three-hour bus journey, but it was also the local bus. And so it was actually only people getting on, people would get on for 10 minutes and get off. I was the only person, at least when I travelled, who took the bus the entire route, from Aberystwyth up to Carnarvon. So it's about three hours. It's a good, long good long journey. When I started in Aberystwyth, on the way back, almost exclusively English-speaking. But as we started going further north, you start getting more Welsh speakers get on and English speakers get off. And by the end of the bus journey, it was only Welsh speakers on the bus. There was even a, a guy got on and he was kind of, I'm trying to, how do I say this politically correct? now, But he was, it was basically a, a kind of homeless guy or a half homeless guy, or, you know, the kind of fellow who get on a bus, who's going to talk to anyone and you don't really want to talk to him. And um, that was kind of the way he was. And he got on and he, uh, he kind of sat next to him and right behind me. Um, and he started saying, so he started talking to her in English and she only responded in Welsh. And then, so he then switched to Welsh. So even the absolute down and outs in, in Northern Wales were fully bilingual. Um, and, and so when I compare that to Ireland, yeah, I, I don't know if we have that anywhere, really, or or only very, I mean, even in the Gael the Irish a minority language. Um, and so having said that, I mean, the situation in Wales is much better, but it's also, you're starting to see the decline come in there as well. Um, so I'm not saying that the, the Welsh language is going to be, um it has, has got a recipe for success that the Irish language does not have. It just could be that the decline of the language is much slower there, Um. But I, 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 do fear absolutely for the Gaelic. I fear that it's actually mostly gone already, and um, that we have Gaelic as officially recognised. Um, but the fact that it's a, where is it a community language? I mean, there are certainly some small pockets, but they are very small in comparison to the to the Gaelic itself. Um, can the Gaelic be revived uh, as, as as something separate and apart from a wider Irish revival? I'm not so sure. Um, but I, I certainly think that um, the basic expectation that all your uh, uh, all, all demands, you know for, for, for full, fully uh, Irish language kind of dealing with administration, dealing with the police, are the, dealing with the, the police, the Guardy uh, dealing with uh, all the, the bodies of state, and um, even now they don't have that. Uh, never so that would be the, the first basic step I would take, Towards achieving um, some kind of equality for the language, and um, so, but the short answer is, yeah, I, I would very much be concerned for the for the future of the Gaelic as well. In fact, I mean, I I largely think it um has significant damage has already been done, uh, even in uh, in in those parts of the Gaelic where Irish is nominally the the first language. Mm,
0: mm, mm. Um, yeah, it's interesting um, although we have a a, a, a vibrant um, uh, cinematic culture now coming out of mm-hmm. the Gutic Nadesha. and, and, and yeah. um, um, the, the Rinder, there it's, it's it's extraordinary I've seen we've had two major um, um, films uh, in the last 12 months. So what does if, if we say let's say and, and, and the Gutic was the gold standard or is the gold standard shall we say? but what's then? If, if you say that that's probably and again not to be you know mm-hmm. giving up on that but that as a matter of fact there there it faces faces great challenges is recognized i think by 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 um collective uh, dwellers what's the what does the future look like if 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 a revival can be achieved what would a future look like um um and how, how would you see that um unfolding in terms of a a, a a resurgence of the language um if that could be achieved in in
1: the there or in general just, just
0: generally just how would how would you see that um, uh, unfolding
1: yeah, I mean so I, I again there's 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 the Irish and the Gaelic. doctor and the Irish that's kind of more um uh, a bit more widely spoken, which is kind of the Irish of the second language. Kind of speakers. I mean, what sometimes is referred to as schoolboy Irish or Dublin Irish, um, and I—I so I'll—I'll say firstly that if the if the language is to be revived for better or worse, um, it's going to have to be a lot of schoolboy or school, school school children, Dublin Irish, uh, you know, the 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 the, the urban gaeltacht as as opposed to the the kind of traditional gaeltacht, and that's not my kind of wish necessarily, um, but it's also impossible to avoid within the within the process of you know, we're trying to get people to, to speak more Irish and speak less English, um, you're going to get uh, a, a lot more of, of of that kind of of Irish spoken. And that was um uh Thomas McSimon's book um when he talked the harp and the, the broken harp and, and the Irish language and he had you know he he had kind of lamented the fact that the the, the, the Dublin Irish was 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 was, was gaining strength um, and he kind of uh, wanted this kind of um, older, pure form of Irish to be revived, whereas I don't think that's necessarily possible. Um, uh, but if the Irish language to be revived, how is it to be revived? What's the secret? What's the, the magic sauce? Um, it goes back to what we said earlier on. You, you need to have an element uh, in which learning Irish is kind of uh, compulsory, for some people at least. Um, how would I revive the Irish language? Long story short, the Irish state employs 300,000 people. Um, what I would do is over time, obviously you can't implement this straight away, um, uh, but long story short, you would convert those 3,000 uh, jobs to operating through Irish. Not that you have to pass a test to get a job, which was what it was back in the day, um, uh, but rather you would, uh, and again, I'll say a little bit in a second how you do it, but you would find a way to um, convert all 3,000, 100,000 of those people towards uh, Irish, jo- Irish speakers um, and that would create a kind of more natural environment for people to work in. Now, of course, people are going to hear this and say, "Well, that's complete lunacy. It can't be done." Um, well, but it can be done uh, if, if there's a mind put to it. Um, how would I begin that process? Well, the first thing is I would I would do is and and um, I I'll, I'll preface this caveat by saying that the plan I'm going to talk about. If you were to kind of put this, uh, if you were to kind of implement this plan, you would first have to have maybe some kind of some consultative referendum, because um, there would have to be an effort in which Irish people are consulted. Look, what do you think? Uh, I, I wrote this book, and it was one of my the, the, one of the people who really criticised the book, um, and I said it was an undemocratic uh, uh, idea. And I was like, well, whatever else about the plan, idiotic or dystopian or whatever, she had said. I didn't say it was undemocratic. As I said, you would literally have to have a referendum uh, to consulting everyone first before you implement it. So, whatever else is wrong with it, it it's not uh, undemocratic. Um, but you could, you, you would basically implement a system and say that, okay, um, starting in 20 or 25 years, um, the, the, the state is going to only start employing people who have been educated through Irish. And that is a way to, uh, I, I, again, to incentivize not just people who are educated. In in primary school through Irish, but also educated through secondary school Irish as well. So let's say twenty-five years, the state is going to only start hiring people who've been educated through Irish. That would then put an emphasis on people who are interested in becoming involved in in, in the in the state and sending their children to primary school and then secondary school. Also, uh, we would like to see, I mean, eventually an Irish language university be created as well, uh, because that's actually what happens. That, That the Irish language actually has gone backwards in some ways from before there was a time when a reasonable number, I think about 20% of secondary school students were educated through Irish. Um, and that's come way now. partly because you didn't have a majority of people who went to secondary school in the first place. And um, part of the reason it fell back was you were sending them to secondary school in Irish and then they had to turn around and go to university in English. And that was kind of a, a lot of people eventually said, well, that doesn't necessarily make sense. Um, but you need an Irish language university eventually to kind of cater for that. Um, and once you kind of start that uh, as as, as, as your, your building point, you can then take on more and more Irish people, Irish speakers who've been come up through the system, they've been educated through Irish. And um, Again, initially, you have to kind of compartmentalize and, and have a kind of uh, a, a dual uh, language identity. So people are hired say new guards are hired. And um, to, to the extent that you can at first, you would try and put guards of the, of the same language ability in the same kind of of uh, of of area of operation um, and and uh, eventually and we're talking a hundred or so years um you would have a situation where you have enough Irish speakers that the the, the um the system would essentially work that everyone would be, be able to kind of uh, speak Irish um and and then that it would be kind of mandated in, in the job as well you don't the, the kind of situation I gave um in in the book was well what does that look like for the ordinary Irish person um. And you have to have some level of consultation on this as well. But basically, I, I provided three scenarios. What it's got to do with the courts, and of course, this would be your area of floor in working with the courts. You could have a situation where, in the future, the judge and all and the judge and the, the solicitors would speak Irish. And uh, but in the case of a, an English speaking defendant or mostly an English speaking defendant, case A would be that the entire proceedings would operate through English. Uh, B would be that, well, most of the proceedings will operate through Irish, but when that person is uh, kind of consulted, they'll switch to English. And, and case C would be that it would be entirely uh, through, English, or through Irish and that that person would just have to struggle along as, as best they can. I, I'm not necessarily saying that case C is, is the best one from, a, from an individual rights point of view, but in terms of actually making the language progress, um, that's what would, would would help it progress much faster. Uh, that, that there would be people compelled uh, to kind of speak um, Irish, even if Irish was kind of their second language. I know that's not exactly perfect, um, and uh, and maybe that would be too much for people, and, and if it were, so be it. Um, uh, but that just shows you the kind of range of different kind of options that could exist for how a language could be revived just in, in the legal system uh, itself. Um, to a lot of people, I know this will sound like pie in the sky um, and kind of uh, high notions that that aren't going to be grounded in reality. But I I do actually think that if you implemented the system that we said at the beginning and that in 20 or 25 years, all new hirees are going to be who are educated through Irish, that certainly would um, place a much greater emphasis on the language and people would like to see their children educated through Irish. Not forgetting, of course, that the the Irish state already is struggling to meet its commitments to the Irish language and just providing an Irish education. So that uh, caveat notwithstanding.
0: Yeah, and, and I just I want to pick up on that because I mean we do have I mean um, since we last spoke we have had the recognition or the or I suppose the end of the derogation where our Irish was 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 not a, a full um, official yeah. language of, of the EU which 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 was ceased earlier this year uh, in twenty twenty two as we're as we're having this conversation yeah um, so now it is um, a, a full working language I think probably despite maybe the best efforts of the Irish government. Yeah. Um, but, um, and we also have an Irish Language Act um, that has been passed, which now is looking at maybe introducing a, a a target of 20% of employment in the civil service that would be fluent speakers. What do you think of, do you think it has to be a kind of a big bang kind of approach, like you mentioned with a kind of a, a hundred year plan and a, and a 25 year kind of lead in time and that kind of thing. Do you think it requires something as, and, I, and your book is called a radical revolution. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it probably does mm-hmm. from your perspective, but what do you think of the, the, the these kinds of incremental steps that, 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 that have been taken in the meantime?
1: Well, incremental steps get incremental results, but, but not really maybe the wholesale change you want to achieve. I, I mean, I, I, the, I'm a little bit skeptical about the Irish state and, and it's kind of, um, lip service to Irish about wanting 20% of the people employed. I mean, if, yeah, I mean, and you could certainly measure that. I mean, and that would be something that would be potentially achievable if they're going to actually implement it. Um, but to what extent are they actually going to even implement it? I, I'm not so sure um, that that it, it, it sets these tasks without ever really kind of um, putting teeth into them or, or kind of really kind of meaning them at times. Um, but even let's say that there was 20% of, the, let's, let's say they, they meet their target, let's say they get 20% of the speakers uh, or of the civil service can operate through Irish, that obviously is, um, uh, well, I mean, how, how is that going to be measured, first of all, in terms of just because someone can speak Irish, that doesn't always necessarily mean they do speak Irish. In fact, you see that from the census figures, um, that there's a disconnect between the people who actually can speak Irish and, and do speak Irish on a, on a regular basis. But let's just say that twenty percent of the civil servants can speak Irish. Um that is most going to be going to catering towards for people who already want to use Irish uh, in the in, in dealing with the government. Um is that going to create and it certainly would create a little bit, it would create a little bit of a bump. Um and and uh, uh, maybe you get a couple more people who would learn Irish who otherwise wouldn't have. Um, but is that going to create a wholesale change where and um, the the language is, is 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 revived in any meaningful sense and uh people are speaking it uh in 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 their communities now in a way that they are, are speaking their communities in the future in a way that's not happening
0: now i don't think so mm, mm, mm. um it's also interesting i when i hear you speak about because i mean i i this this idea, like if we're going to move in the direction that you're talking, I mean, it, it, we will have to have this kind of complete change, I think, in the nature of the language. I mean, I move away from the 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 purest um, the, the the Kanunti, and I suppose having native mm-hmm. speakers who are. And I, and I see some. People online at times they say, oh, well, you should only learn from a native speaker. And of course, the problem is there are so few native speakers that we, we don't yeah. know. We're going to have to learn from, from 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 people who have learned the language as a second language. And I guess that is going to involve a kind of a, a whole evolution of the language and whether it's into a, a, a kind of led sort of. And and if you're looking at maybe are the largest um, kind of communities now probably in in dublin and and, and belfast perhaps yep. in terms of you know wh- wh- where the language has, has has evolved and 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 that's certainly going to be subject to change
1: i mean there's the the the, the idea of the native speakers as, as being um the, the purest of the pure i mean it's when you, when you go i mean like anything there's not simply oh, well, you're either a pure native speaker or you're a dublin irish speaker and there's nothing in between i mean a lot of people in the gail talk, and and i say this i mean i I say this as as a reference it's just different from what i speak and but there's a divide also between the 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 dublin irish speakers and and i include myself and yourself in that floor as well are the 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 urban speakers or the second language speakers who oftentimes um will only so so for example when i've forgotten his name but when he, he he wrote a book himself about coming home to irish a few years ago um, and he talked about um, he was living in the Gaeltacht for a bit, and he talked about um, they, they, their comment there was all those Dublin Irish speakers. They have a word for everything. They, they look up everything. They find that they, if, they don't, if they don't have a term for it, they define a term for it. Um, and, and so we're kind of pure than the pure, I guess, in that sense, in always having an Irish expression for everything. Whereas in the Gaeltacht, they oftentimes just use English words. Um, and I, I'm mostly saying that actually as, as a, an acknowledgement that is just different from what we're used to. I'm not saying that I'm a better speaker than they are, because because I I don't really use any English words. Um, but that's the thing is like when put, people put the native speakers on the pedestal, what are they even talking about? I mean, at least Irish speakers I know in the of speak a fair bit of English mixed in with Irish. Um, so I mean, it gets kind of echoing your point. That if if this native, I mean, there's because there are some Facebook groups where in particular where they say they go, oh, no, it can only be native speakers everything else is barbacus and to an extent i agree with that but it's also there's, there's not really this vibrant native community out there um, that's like exclusively uh um uh, uh yeah that has has managed all you know it is as a pure form of language because even in the gaeltacht um, and especially amongst younger speakers in the gaeltacht um the the language is very much intermixed with english um and so i don't know what standard these people are even necessarily
0: going for when they're saying you
1: can you can only speak like a a native
0: geerted speaker to bring it full circle here and and just to come back to you know we started with 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 your experience of learning the language and um uh, and then how you evolved how you use the language today with your family how do you see that you know we, we've spoken now about, about what might happen in terms of what could happen in terms of a, a revival of the language or a, a, a one particular kind of view of how that might be approached. And mm-hmm. we've discussed, you know, various different things in terms of how the language has evolved or, 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 or its history and its, 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 its reality today. How do you see your, your future with the language and that of you, you and, and your family that you're, that you're raising now through the language? How do you see that into the future?
1: Yeah, that that's a really good question, and I actually um, I find myself asking that a lot. I, that it, it's I, I'm very aware that I'm still kind of in a, um, a I guess an ever evolving situation, um, and that it could go kind of a couple of different ways. Um, because it is, I mean, as you, as you uh, said, Flor, it is a, a, a big sacrifice on my part. I mean, English is my first language, Irish is my second language. Um, I do occasionally find myself saying, "Oh, how do I say that?" And and mostly I'm able to. I mean, the, the phone here uh, is a is a is a is a is a major resource. Uh, where if I if I'm not exactly sure how to say something, I just look it up, and then we plug that word into our vocab, and we continue on. And um, I'm I guess um, I'm a little bit of a pessimist anyway. So so that that kind of uh, uh, is it is always a part of me. Is afraid that one day the girls will turn around and say, "Well." enough of your Irish now, I'm talking English and you can understand me. And I suppose i would always speak Irish. I mean, I really have a hard time seeing that changing. Um, but I'm aware as my girls get older, they, they might be less inclined to speak Irish. Or, or certainly my, my, my eldest one who speak, is speaking more and more Irish now. Um, but that, that could change again. Um, as she gets more older, she gets a bit self-conscious, as she starts to think her parents are kind of uh, weirdos. Uh, anyway, not just about speaking Irish, but everything, uh, and and maybe rebel against that, um, and so that that's one possible. You know, the the, the project I guess could fail basically, and uh, the my, my 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 children might not speak as much Irish in the future as as they do now. Um, but it could also continue in that that um, you know, we'll mostly still continue with a bilingual household. My wife actually wants to to make an effort to to learn more Irish, to speak it, as opposed to just listening and understanding it. And I think that would very much help uh, reinforce Irish as as one of the, the languages of our household as well. And whether she has time for that or not, I guess would be a, a bit of a different story, but she is interested in, in, in learning a bit more Irish in order to communicate with us in Irish as well. So that's something um, that, that, that could happen. As my daughters get older, um, I, I'm, I'm planning that when they, when they turned as teenagers, I'm going to send them to the, the Gale Colosti in Irish, to summer colleges uh, in Irish. Um, and uh, I guess I'm hoping that they'll come back with a kind of an appreciation for the language and the fact that they can speak the language with some people their own age as well. It won't all be just uh, my um, uh, efforts to, to kind of promote it. I mean, it, you, you never know when I mean, we also could end up back in Ireland. Um, if the right job or to open up i'm very interested in actually working uh in ireland i think that's less likely and um, just given the nature of irish academia and, and how it's very difficult to kind of get a foot in the door anyway uh but but it's certainly a possibility as well so i i i, I i'm a historian by training floor and i am always thought uh a good historian doesn't predict the future uh because they always get blindsided by something that kind of uh comes out of nowhere and um, but i am aware that there's you know that the da- my daughters, I suppose that I'll finish with an optimistic note um, that my daughters actually do, and I know my daughters, my, my children do end up all being fluent Irish speakers, that they carry that into adulthood, um, that they continue to speak to me in Irish, uh, and maybe even raise their own children in Irish as well. I mean, that would certainly be a best-case scenario, as, as far as I'm concerned, uh, that they would kind of pass on what they learned as, as children themselves to their children going forward. So so we'll, we'll, I'm not 100% sure that will happen, uh, but as a best-case scenario, uh, hopefully uh, there's a little Irish kind of stem that's been planted uh, and it'll kind of flourish a little bit more as time goes on.
0: Wonderful. And, and, and tell me just, because uh, I'm curious to know, outside of the family interaction, do you get an opportunity on any regular basis to, 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 to use Irish, interact in Irish? Do you have relationships in Irish?
1: I, I do, yeah, I certainly have, I mean, there's, there's certainly friends back in Ireland I only communicate with in Irish, uh, and I, I do talk to them now, it's not every day, um, but there are people who I, who I uh, uh, communicate with uh, on a reasonably regular basis in Irish. I certainly, I mean, in terms of my consumption of Irish, I mean, I, I watch a bit of TG Car every day, um, or read Tourish Punk uh, IE, uh, every day, so I always have that little bit of interaction myself. I mean, it, but there certainly could be more. I mean, it, 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 um as as an adult speaker of Irish, I, in in some ways I'm a small bit isolated as well. Uh, that um I, I don't have a I don't have someone who I who I interact with every day or or nearly every day. It's more kind of sporadic than that. Um and uh, so certainly I would like to improve that situation as well if it, if it's possible. Um but uh it's uh, it's it, 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 so there is i mean i i, I myself um am uh consuming and I, I use that word consciously kind of uh choosing to uh watch either tg car tg car is actually a great um and my, my secret kind of guilty pleasure is ross in the room i stick on ross in the room for 15 minutes every day and 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 the plot lines are a bit um uh colourful, I guess we could say, we be, be kind to them. They don't always make the absolute sense. Um, but it is certainly an example of a community speaking Irish. And, and that's something I'm able to plug into and kind of bring in some words from Ross Narun in into our household as well. And, and that's how I guess I'm continuing. Because it's always a continuing improvement. See it for yourself, I guess, as a, as a learner of the language
0: as well. Well, yeah. I mean, I was actually very interested when I was reading your book again, talking about you mentioning uh, watching cartoons and T.G. Kaha was, was one way I think it which you and, and but but and, and you mentioned it, it only really struck me when, when I when I read you saying it. But that I mean, the, the language that's used in cartoons is obviously it's often much more like real, ordinary, everyday speech that we talked about, which is which you don't get in 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 other learning resources a lot of the time, I don't
1: think. Yeah, no, absolutely. It is. I learn languages and, and my, like they 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 um they they're just speaking, I uh, mean, it's oftentimes as a As a as a as a learner as well, they're kind of little more basic sentences. Um, I mean, I'm okay with the kind of more complex sentences now as well, but uh, they certainly, are certainly an excellent resource on on TG Kahar and um, uh, yeah, the more of them, the better.
0: Absolutely, well, I'm for that. Well, uh, Mm -hmm. a quivin akara garv mila as ogt velin if win me an soup as an skil arain tuin berbuo agus Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I would really appreciate your feedback and would be eternally grateful if you would follow, rate, and review the show. Please also be sure to sign up at thelanguagequestion.com forward slash resources to get your free valuable learning resources and to stay up to date with upcoming episodes, guests, and to receive exclusive content. Slan Tamil.